he's he described it as a Disney Channel original movie, which I was like, is that supposed to be offensive? Because I think those are great. Welcome back to Hate Spinnerbait, the podcast where we hate spinnerbait, but we love Times Person of the Year. Yes, we do. We love her we a whole lot. Do. Almost as if we dedicate an entire day of the week to her on our podcast, essentially. Basically, exclusively. We call it chaos, but what is it really? It's Taylor Swift talk. Taylor Swift talk. Swift talk. Baby, this is Swift talk. We talk swiftly. And by that, we mean quickly, not that we talk about her like you know what i mean like it's not a swift episode but we talk swiftly <laughs> that wow that really that hurt my own head so i don't know if any of you understood it. <laughs> i saw you just process yeah that like if y'all could have witnessed the actual brain fart that i had it was visible on my face but this is an audio format so y'all can see it but michael ann could and let me tell you i was looking a hot mess but hello everyone <laughs> it is it is i bethany Michael Ann is with me as well. We got so distracted by our own tagline that we didn't even introduce ourselves. But it's nope, chaos, baby. Did not. Chaos, I'm And that's right, everyone. Taylor Swift, only one of our favorite people in the entire planet. It's, you know, it's there's this world. We're all just living in it. Um, our girl Taylor. Yes. And it's Times Person of the Year. Much deserved. Very excited. We both read the article. We have some thoughts. We have some feelings. We have some direct quotes we want to share from it. You know, sometimes we do an entire episode on a chapter from a Sarah Dessa novel. Today we'll be doing an entire episode on an article. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, yeah. Basically. uh, Those are the feelings that we have. So, everyone, buckle in, baby. Um, Buckle in, baby. When I say that I teared up a little bit reading this, it's not a hyperbole. I legitimately did. Yes. <laughs> yes, so did I. So did I. What? And, and I'm not I'm not mad about it. What a beautiful Excuse me. I am recording a podcast. I'm gonna need you to chill. Do you mind? Oh yeah. Beautiful article about like the female experience i was just like oh my gosh yes. this is gorgeous i can't yes i love it absolutely love it um oh. yeah also those photos are very reputation coded and she yes. did talk about reputation in yeah the no mention article, of debut so just reputation so it's coming it's coming mm-hmm. i really wanted it's coming so i saw someone again in the never-ending double album series and the never-ending theories i did like the quote in this article about how like we're a cult where we predict doomsday wrong like every other week and it's like that's a thousand percent accurate yes we are always theorizing sometimes we get it right ding ding it but a lot of times we get it wrong but it's still fun to play along but 
Um, I did see someone the other day, and I was like, I love this. Because you know how everyone's like, oh, you know, the other thing she has to take back is her name and her reputation. And so someone was like, what if that's the double album? Like, she's literally just going to put debut and reputation at the same time. And I was like, shit, yeah, that's genius. And because, again, a lot of people are like, a lot of people are excited for reputation. Not so many people are excited for debut, which I think is BS. I am excited for debut. I think that's what I'm most excited for in a weird way because, like, it's yeah. the most wild ball one out of all of them. Um, yeah. So I just, I'm like very intrigued to see what she's going to do with it and what the vault tracks are from that. Again, please give a side lie. Um, but also like what else there could be. Better be. But better, better be there. Swear to God, Taylor, if you're listening, I'm sure she is. I'm sure she's a big fan. I'm sure she is. <laughs> sure she's sure a big she's fan. <laughs> it's Travis's podcast uh, and ours. Those are the two podcasts. She listens to the New Heights podcast yeah. and hates me. I'm 100%. I believe it. But, uh, yeah, so I'm excited for debut. But I get what people are saying. Like, obviously, like, reputation is the one people are, like, clamoring for. And I do think that there's something just kind of beautiful about that. Like, the first album, the last album she made on the old record label, and, you know, before she started reclaiming her stuff, and the fact that it is reputation in her name. Like, there is a lot of, like, things to that. So I wouldn't be mad if it came out as a double album. I also wouldn't be mad if they both get their time to shine. I really believe in my soul that depu- that deputation. <laughs> big deputation. Ooh, you and big, big deputation. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think the debut really deserves its own spotlight. I agree. I feel like it's not as popular because you had to be like in the trenches. Mm. We were in like the we were at perfect age. Yeah. To get into Taylor Swift at with debut. Yes. Exactly. We were like, what? Like, how old were you? Like 17, 16, 15? Uh, we would have been younger than that. Yeah. Like 14, 15. Is that right? I think so. I, um, I remember watching her on like before she was famous on like MTV and like. Yeah. I'm like a freshman in high school, give or take when this came out. So, yeah. Right. Which is when we're feeling some of the most feelings we'll ever oh. feel in our whole life, I think. Boy, let me tell so. you. Taylor <laughs> <laughs> Swift put it, it perfectly is. on her next album, Fearless, when she wrote a song called 15. And I was like, yeah. Yes. When you're yeah. 15. God. <laughs> it is rough. It's rough. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah. The... um. Journalist who wrote this was amazing. Did a really yeah, great job. Ten out of ten job, seriously. Also, what a great yeah. gig. I would love to just go like have to follow around Taylor Swift and talk to her. Please, yes. I, I would love Taylor Swift to show me her Paul McCartney note in the bathroom. A thousand percent. Sign me up for that. <laughs> oh my god. What? Why did I think that the writer was a woman? I don't know. Maybe just because Am I in our mind, we just assume, you know. Well, this person is named Sam Lansky. There are no pronouns, but I, I, they are masculine presenting. Let's mm-hmm. see. Good work, though, Sam. Absolutely fantastic work. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Um, he understood. He understands us. He does. And I like that. He gets it. He gets it. Um, 
But we got some great tidbits in this. We got that lovely anecdote about how she was supposed to open for um, Kenny Chesney on his tour Mm -hmm. when she was 17, but she wasn't old enough to work a concert that was sponsored by beer. Yeah. Which is fascinating to me. Mm -hmm. I'm like, she's not selling it. I guess you're saying you are selling it because like if it's sponsored by and you're going out there, you're promoting it and you're a child. But still, I think that's a very bizarre thing. Yeah. What a weird country we it live is... in, truly. Like, you can't do that at 17, but the things you can do. Like... Okay. <laughs> Literally. All right. <laughs> Go off, I guess, America. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, you can get a machine gun, though, if you yeah. want one. So go for that for sure um, but like don't you dare be an opener for a concert that's sponsored by a beer company you better not you better mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. you little 17 year olds with hopes and dreams <laughs> <laughs> but she said that um after you know Ke- kenny chesney like felt bad he sent her like a fucking ton of money yeah, like, which is wild. He was just like, here you go. I believe in you and your career. Here's a fuck ton of money. And she like gave her staff bonuses, which I love that that was like the first thing she said. She's yeah. like, I gave my band bonuses. Which again, <laughs> I was like, like, she was a little you? bit. This is before she's like billionaire Taylor Swift. So even when she herself yes. wasn't like making the big bucks yet, she was still like looking out for the people that were, you know, supporting her and putting in their, their blood, sweat and tears to, to make who she is today so we support Mm -hmm. that queen yes (laughs) fantastic we love that there's this part where um he's like saying um do not kill the part of you that is cringe kill the part of you that cringes and taylor says yes every part of you that you've ever been every phase you've ever gone through was you working it out in that moment with the information you had available to you at the time Yes. There's a lot that I look back at like, wow, a couple years ago, I might have cringed at this. You should celebrate who you are now, where you're going, and where you've been. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, we love that. Yes. This is 100%. And again, she kind of talks about the fact that like her finally kind of becoming comfortable in her own skin happened after like two really terrible things happened to her, uh, which, yeah, I feel like sometimes in your teens and 20s which obviously her teens and 20s were wild because she's out there being scrutinized or i think she does my teens and 20s i was worried what people were thinking of me but i did not have millions of people watching me but like truly y'all i feel like your 30s is like good for that like you stop Mm -hmm. kind of looking like i feel like when i was in literally like five years ago like 25 year olds me or whatever 25 26 year old me would look at like 18 20 year old me and be like oh my god but now i'm just like she was 20 and she was doing her best (laughs) yeah like i've accepted i've accepted my cringy i'm like you know what it was 2012 it was a it was a time you know, we should all be like Travis Kelsey and read our terrible tweets from 2011 where we didn't know how to spell squirrel and just be like, yep, I own it. <laughs> yep. It I it know. <laughs> it's so nice. It's like freeing. What a freeing. The, your 30s are like a very, a time where you really come into yourself, I feel like. Yeah. For sure. And I can't wait to be even more because my clan and I have had many conversations about how that's something we're working on. Uh, and our character growth is not worrying about how other people perceive yes. us because 
I think I'm a lot yes. gentler on past Bethany, but I still am kind of harsh to current Bethany sometimes. <laughs> and I'm like, people yeah. are going to think this. And what are people saying about me and whatever? And I need to be gent- more gentler on current me. Maybe that's, you know, my 40s. I'll be better at that by then. <laughs> Hopefully sooner. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully that's part of the 30s. <laughs> that's part of the 30s. I'm coming into my own of my 30s. But Yeah. 10 out of 10. And I was like, yes, I love that. And that's fantastic. And yeah, I really hate it when I shouldn't say hate is a very strong word. I don't mean it like that. But like when artists come out with a new album and they act like they're like past their old work and it's like, no. And like, again, this is something that I think like Ed Sheeran is really good about. Like he talks a lot about the A-Team. Like the A-Team is a song that made him famous. He had to play it on every radio show for like a year of his life. That's all people wanted to hear him play, you know? And he's like, and you get to a certain point where you're just yeah. like, oh my God, I don't want to play this freaking song anymore. <laughs> like I have other work. I would like to play other songs. And then, you know, he was like, I came back around to it though, because like that song's why people know me. Like, why would I begrudge that song? And I used to play it and bars where no one was paying attention to me and now people are paying me money and I'm playing it in front of stadiums that have 70, 80,000 people in it. Like, why would I not want to play that song? You know? And it's like, yes, thank you. Amen. Yeah. I just, you know, I'm looking at you, Tom York, basically just freaking play creep. I'm kidding. <laughs> you do, you do. <laughs> if you really hate the song, don't play it. But like, I don't know. I just think when like some artists are pretty, are so pretentious that they're pretentious about their own work. And I'm like, it was part of me. Mm-hmm. That's where you were at at the time, musically, emotionally, whatever. And people gravitated toward it. Like, it means something to people. Like, why would you be ashamed of that, you know? But, yeah. Right. What do I know? Right. <laughs> what do I know? I have no talents. <laughs> we also... <laughs> We're being gentler to ourselves in our 30s, Michael Ann. You are a talented person. Right, right, right. Tell yourself you're talented. (laughs) That was such perfect timing. It really Um, was. Should we, of course, get some stuff about... Travis Kelsey, her and Travis Kelsey. Um, It turns out that Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. time she went to that game... Uh, that was not their first date, which we should, I, duh, we should have known that. I don't know why I was like, yeah. oh, this is definitely the first time they're hanging out. Like, no, obviously <laughs> it's not. She's um, like, uh, we hang out in private. And then she's like, we're not psychotic. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's, that's very fair. <laughs> I think it is absolutely iconic. I love that she says that him putting her on blast on their podcast was metal as hell. <laughs> Yes, adorable. I love that too. Adorable. So cute. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's like, which again, is this the first time ever that Taylor Swift has hashtag confirmed? I mean, not really, because obviously she hashtag confirmed in her Netflix documentary that she was with Joe Alwyn, but who ain't shit. Um, but who like, ain't shit? I can't remember a time in an article where she has been like, we were a couple at this point, or we are a couple. And I'm like, this is wild to me to be reading in an article, which again, like she's saying, like, this is the new her, like, she doesn't care, and she's, like, what's the alternative, like, just, you know, shuttering the, 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 whatever, shuttering the shutters? <laughs> shuttering the shutters. <laughs> and, and just, you know, <laughs> shutting myself off in the world and, like, being a hermit and trying to hide, and it's, like, yeah, that sounds really exhausting. Like, if you're a public person, 
and you're dating another public person, people are going to be interested. And like, like she said, she's like, I want to go out to dinner with my friends. So I'm going to do it. And yeah, it's going to be crazy, but like, what's the alternative, you know, not doing it and being miserable. And I'm like, hell's yes, girlfriend. Hell's yes. Um, so yeah, so she kind of talks about that a little bit, which I loved, but yeah, like, isn't it wild? Like, again, I know Joe was confirmed basically, but him and this relation, I think they're like the only two relationships where she's ever really like specifically said she is dating this person. So that's wild to me. Also, she is like, I think, I know it's like speculated. I know we don't know these people. But I know it's, like, speculated that Joe did not like the spotlight. He really did not want to be in it at all. Or he wanted to be in it a bunch, and he sucks, so he wasn't. I don't know. Um, Yeah, hard to say. And so he was probably, like, a big – or he could have been a big influence in, like, well, let's just not go out because it's too much work and blah, blah, blah. And now we have Travis who's, like, I don't give a fuck. Look at my new suit. I yeah. look amazing. I look Take amazing. pictures of us. You look great. I look great. <laughs> Let's go. We'll go do a little paparazzi yeah. run. And she's like, yes, yes. Yeah. I also yeah. literally, she says, we would never be psychotic enough to hard launch a first date. I think that sentence is so funny. <laughs> that is yeah, hard launch is really funny. on a first date. And I'm like, that is so funny. But yeah. She uh, says like the larger point for her is there's nothing to hide. When you say relationship is public, that means I'm going to see him do what he loves. We're showing up for each other. Other people are there, and we don't care. Um, she says, the opposite of that is you have to go to an extreme amount of effort to make sure no one knows that you're seeing someone, and we're just proud of each other. Stop. I'm a cry. So <laughs> cute. Literally. So cute. So adorable. And this is what we have been saying of, like, why we like this relationship. It's just how much they like seem to support each other like I love him showing up for her I love her showing up for him absolutely fantastic yeah that's just cute shit plain and simple that's cute shit and I love it yeah it is it is very cute I like how she says um that she has no idea when she's being filmed or put on tv when she's at the games she's like I can't see a camera I'm just like living my life whatever and she says I'm just there to support Travis. I have no awareness of if I'm being shown too much and pissing off a few dads, brads, and chads. Iconic. 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 What a queen, honestly. That's freaking iconic. And But so true, like, you don't effing know. Again, it's not like she's going there seeking attention. It's not like, like she's just trying to watch the game, like everyone else is doing. There are so many other ways and girlfriends. And again, just this past Sunday... The Chiefs are playing the Packers. The There is a player on the Packers who is married to another icon, Simone Biles. And they showed Simone Biles a couple of times because she's someone famous. And, you know, we were all joking around. It was Simone Biles' husband versus Taylor Swift's boyfriend's team. Like, that's how I was referring to it because the two of them are legends and really what have their significant others done except for win a couple Super Bowls. Just <laughs> They're also great people in their own right. <laughs> But, yeah, but these like two the, women are, like, you know, record-breaking. Yeah. I was like, they're definitely... I mean, I would say they're way more household names. But... Yeah. yeah. But, yes. It's, you know, again. And, I yeah, she's not going to be like, I'm going to piss someone off today. But because she's like, I'm enjoying the game. And you don't. Like, you have no idea when, like, the cameras are on you. Um, and you just have to live your life. Preach. We love that. We. I'm just so happy. Like... <laughs> 
<laughs> that Taylor is know. just, you know, she's in her, like, just happiness era. Like, she just seems to be she is. really thriving. And she kind of talks about that a little bit, which just goes back to when we kind of talked about Britney Spears about, I definitely highlighted this, and she was talking about, you know, um, by the time an artist is mature enough to psychologically deal with the job, they throw you out when you're 29. She's like, the 90s and 2000s, um, it seems like the music industry just said, okay, let's take a bunch of teenagers, throw them into fire, and watch what happens. By the time they're accumulated enough wisdom to accumulated enough wisdom to do their job effectively, we'll find new teenagers. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like, we put teenagers through crazy things. They very rightfully get burnout, stressed out, and then essentially, once they finally are actually, like, adult women with adult brains that can handle these things, they're like, yeah, yeah, we're done with you because we want to get new teenagers that we can take advantage of. And, like, that is why people's careers are done at certain ages is because – they want the new thing because they know they can take advantage of them. They know that their frontal lobe hasn't developed yet. Um, and yeah, it just shows that like, you know, she was kind of talks in this article about how like for a while they kept trying to find the new her and she's like, I'll be the new me then. Like, I'll just keep changing so you can't replace yes. me. And then, you know, she's one of the lucky people that got to still have pop stardom into her 30s. And clearly it shows like she's so much happier, so much healthier. Like she talks about like the training for this and and all of that, and it's, you know, like, really intense, but, like, exactly, like, she is, like, crazy talented, <laughs> like, they, like, seriously, the athleticism it takes to do something like that is something people don't think about, and the fact that yeah. she's, like, trying to take care of her body, she's, like, I'm not doing the show hungover, like, no, no, like, back in the day, like, but now I am a grown adult woman, I know that people spend a lot of money to see me, I want to give them everything worth their while, um, all the time, all the travel that they put in. I'm giving them a three-hour show, and I'm giving them my best every night. And I'm just like, yes. Also, thank, thank you, thank you, Taylor, for talking about the fact that your feet do hurt after dancing in heels for three hours. Because every time I watch you perform, I'm like, my feet would be killing me the next day. And they do, apparently. Yeah. So thanks for being a little human, at least. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. I was like, look, she's human. Her um, feet do also hurt after dancing in heels. Hallelujah. I also like that she revealed that she takes an entire day off to do nothing after she plays yes. three shows in a row because like she's always out and about and it's like, what are you resting? You need to rest. Yeah. When do you Taylor. sleep? When do you rest? Yeah. Please spend a day doing absolutely nothing. You freaking deserve it for sure. We're just proud of each other. I'm not over that yet. <laughs> oh, so cute. She talks about how, um, Women have been fed the message that what we naturally gravitate towards, like girlhood, feelings, love, breakups, analyzing those feelings, talking about them nonstop, glitter, sequence. We've been taught that those things are more frivolous than the things that stereotypically gendered men gravi gravi gravitate towards. You're <laughs> I am killing it today, guys. <laughs> I had a really great night, and <laughs> I'm thriving. Um... Yeah, I love this. I love I just, uh, her messaging all the time is just like spot on. She also is on the same page as us. We were saying like, this is our year, which again, it like literally who else could have been person of the year, like in the article. And it's like, think about it. Yeah. You Again, even if you do not like Taylor Swift, like you 
could not escape her this year, which again is why some people are being like, wah, wah, wah. shut up. Okay, we had to deal with your shit yeah. always. You can deal with some women's stuff for a little bit. Um, but yeah, yes. like, you know, she talks about the trifecta, but the Beyonce tour and Barbie and obviously her tour being really successful. And, you know, and she was saying, like, it's a capitalistic society. It's a patriarchal society. And what thrives money. And the fact that these three things did well is great. That means more women hopefully can go out and, and make art and do great things and be taken seriously and I also love that she's like, we're not going to do this pitting women against women thing. Like, I love Beyonce. She's yeah. great. We're both really happy for each other. And we're both doing our own thing. And, you know, we're there to support each other. And we love that. Yes. Can we also just, okay, in this article, so it made me think of this. The whole Kim Kardashian thing, whatever. Apparently mm. in 2020, she was like, I was forced to... Like, I had to defend him or whatever. I really, like, wonder, obviously, when her and Kanye, like, blew up because they are no longer together, like, what are her thoughts on what she did? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is she like, damn, really regret that? Because, like, Kanye certainly wasn't worth it. Um, I'd like to think even before that she regretted it. I don't know. But, like, I think about this often. I'm like, what are, like, did she ever apologize to Taylor? Because she, like, should. (laughs) Like, I don't need to be, like, a public thing. Like, that's none of my business. But just, like, personally, do you think she has ever spoken to her about it and was like, hey, that was really fucked up and I shouldn't have done that? Um, I don't know. And we never will know, probably. Unless, again, somewhere would ever no. make it public. But I'm just like, I think about that <laughs> sometimes. Like, what a messed up thing to do. And then especially the fact that, like, Kanye completely went off the deep end and like Kim is like oh I don't want to associate with him anymore either like how does she feel about what she did um her her role in it just yeah and again just a woman tearing down another woman yeah it's not cool it's already hard out and especially like again whatever am I the biggest Kim Kardashian fan no especially because she this is one of the reasons I don't like her is because she did this but at the end of the day, she's someone who, like, went through a lot of shit and was able to, like, make that into a success story. And that's awesome. So you think someone yeah. like that, like, wouldn't want to make another woman feel inferior or put them down in any way um, or judge them in any way? And yet, but, you know. I think that this is an offshoot, but I think that the um, Kardashians view of like men and the man's role in their life is very patriarchal. I feel like, I feel like, because if you think about it, like they never show, they never give up any information about their sons. Really. They like keep their names hidden. They keep their faces hidden, but they're, daughters are like all up everywhere right and um just the way that they like protect and like guard these men who treat them like shit like how many of them got cheated on and they kept being like oh it's Mm -hmm. fine he's fine and it's like the whole family like rallies together for that I just feel like they they have a lot of um work to do internally I feel like yeah I would I would definitely agree with you on that one. Oh, Kanye. Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. Kanye. Where is Kanye, he now? Kanye. Hopefully working on himself cuz boy does he need to. There's um 
a lot going on there. <laughs> yeah. Julia Fox, um, I listened to her memoir. It was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, but in it, she's, like, talking about her relationship with Kanye West and – he like wanted her to sign an NDA and she was like, I'm not signing shit. And yeah. he was like, okay, well then I can't hang out with you. And she was like, okay, I'll live. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. If someone's ever like I our it. relationship, like the two of us hanging out hinges on you signing something so that you can never say anything bad about me. I'd be like, yeah, that's a sign right there. That's a red flag yeah. that I'm going to run for the hills. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She was also heavily addicted to heroin until very recently. Like when they were filming mm-hmm. Uncut Uncut Gems, mm-hmm. she was like doing heroin during the filming of that. And oh, that was wow. not even that long ago. No. Yeah. Wow. Um, she has a really interesting life. Highly recommend Julia Fox's Down the Drain. Down the Everybody. Train. Thank you. That is. It's very uh, good. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Back to back to Miss Swift. Um, <laughs> aside. I love how she's talking about revisiting reputation. Mm-hmm. She, um, she's like, it's a goth punk moment in her in her tour. It's a goth punk moment of female rage at being gaslit by an entire social structure. She says, laughing, I think a lot of people see it and they're just like six snakes and strobe lights. The upcoming vault tracks for reputation will be fire, she promises. I can't wait. I think about the reputation vault tracks like 95% of the day. Like, what are they? How many are there? Like, am I going to lose it? I think I am. I think I am. Legitimately so curious legitimately i'm excited i mean just anytime there's vault tracks i'm like oh there's this new music coming my way and also just like yeah like these are the things that you know what i mean like as again like going back to that time in her life and being like oh what was she thinking what was she going through and like then you get to hear it i don't know there's something about that is fascinating to me and i'm excited and again i really even though as we all know, I'm not the biggest reputation girly, which again is not to say I don't like it because I thoroughly love that album. I just don't love it as much as other albums. Um, I still am going to listen to that more than I'm going to listen to any other music. So, <laughs> so clearly I'm still a fan. Um, and again, I just <laughs> yeah. feel like the second it comes out, I'm going to get swept up and just be like, I have stan reputation so hard. <laughs> it's just, it's yes. exciting. Every time there's a Taylor's version of something, you just like get swept up in it. Um, but with that said, I do just think, I just think Reputation has just, like, the best story. Again, like, this whole article is kind of about, like, just mm-hmm. how great she is at telling stories. And even in this, you know, like, sitting down with her to write this article, she's spinning this narrative and, you know, whatever. But I truly think Reputation just has the most interesting story of any release, of anything. It's, it definitely is the one, you know, everyone always talks about the Reputation tour, which I sadly did not get to attend. Um about it just really feeling like that was for the fans like like she was you know like she was like well i did my year of hiding i'm gonna come back and everyone thinks i'm mistaken everyone thinks this but like this is what i've got to say and do and i just like really respect that so even though it might not be my favorite album musically even though i think it has some hella good songs and i'm very excited to hear the vault tracks 
I just think narratively, it's just so, such a great story. Like, the idea behind the album, that part in Eras Tour is, it's, it is honestly iconic. Like, it is just such a good, like, part of the set. Just, yeah, there's so much goodness going into it, even as someone who's like, oh, I like some of the other albums more. But, like, you can't deny that Reputation has the best story, like, the narrative around it of any of her albums. Like, I just think that, yeah, that's what an iconic time. (laughs) <laughs> my comic moment in history how iconic it is still now what it means now and like she kind of says yeah. you know she learned that you can't take down your enemies like the trash is going to take itself out and like damn if it didn't <laughs> Scooter yeah, Pond, seriously not doing great Kanye West not doing great like all these people that tried to to you know harm her um because yeah karma will get people at the end of the day so mm-hmm. keep doing you be mm-hmm. try your best to be a good person and just know that yeah the people who aren't being good people they will it will inevitably get them so yeah then she's talking a little bit about how she felt like horrible when she got like canceled and um something else happened her career died basically i only took screenshots i didn't freaking i only have the end of it but anyway um she And he says, um, but then I think, who am I to challenge it if that's how she felt? The point is, she felt canceled. Um, Because, of course, like, she was still, like, a millionaire. She was still very successful. She wasn't, like, gone. But to her, she was gone. Um, And, yeah, she's like, she felt canceled. She felt as if her career had been taken from her. Something in her had been lost, and she was grieving it. Maybe this is the real Taylor Swift effect, that she gives people, many of them, women, particularly many of them women, particularly girls who have been conditioned to accept dismissal, gaslighting and mistreatment from a society that treats their emotions as inconsequential permission to believe that their interior lives matter that for your heart to break, whether it's from being kicked off a tour or by the memory of a scarf still sitting in a drawer somewhere, or because somebody else controls your life's work is a valid wound and no, you're not crazy for being upset about it or for wanting your story to be told that was powerful. when I cried. That, yeah, that's powerful. I'm getting a lot like I just got chills. Yeah. <laughs> when you were re- I, read, yeah. I read this article like 20 minutes ago, but you sitting there reading it again, I was like, wow, that's powerful. Yeah. Chills. Yeah. It but really yes. is. And that's truly, I like tried to, putting putting myself back into maybe like 19 year old Bethany, I was dating this guy and I was trying to explain to him why Taylor Swift meant so much to me because he saw it as like dumb pop music and I was like no Mm -hmm. it's the first person who like put into words these like things that I'm feeling that I can't say well but like when I listen to her she's she gets me through this breakup shows whatever you know and I was trying to explain the song 15 like on face value you hear it and he's he described it as a Disney Channel original movie which I was like, is that supposed to be offensive? Because I think those are great. Um, he was like, I don't get it. Seriously. And I was like, it, this literally just put what it's like to be a teenage girl. Like, this is what it's like to be a freshman in high school. And, uh, like, she put it into words in a three-minute song. And, like, I was like, you don't understand. Like, this is our experience. And you're belittling the experiences that I've had. Like, she's yeah. like, that's, you know, like, what I feel like when I listen to her music. Like, I've, I've been there, you know, and she's just put it into words really nicely. And I started getting so frustrated. But, yeah, it's, like, exactly. Like, I don't know. When you go to one of her concerts and you're there with, like, 70,000 other people singing along to Champagne Problems and you're just, like, oh, these things that I think that I'm, like, I'm the only person who thinks this or I'm the only person who's 
whatever. Like, I'm not like, you know, you, you truly have that like, oh, I'm not alone moment when you're at these things. And I just feel like, yeah, people belittle her a lot for, oh, it's just pop music and she's not talented and whatever. But it's like, yeah, she's given a whole, you know, basically half of the population who's always told that, you know, what we like isn't serious or what we're feeling isn't real or whatever, like permission to feel those things. And Mm -hmm. that's beautiful, (laughs) y'all. It is. It really is. Everything she's doing this year, everything that's happened this year, especially Taylor Swift, but also, as she said, like Beyonce's tour and Barbie movie is just like so empowering. Like, I feel like the teenager in me is like being healed this year by all of the like representation and like like seeing the woman experience you know in pop culture is just like overwhelming Mm -hmm. um and I'm like my inner child is very comfortable very happy feeling very good and I like that yeah it's been 2023 truly what a good year I mean I'm not saying it was perfect yeah (laughs) Yeah. but like in that aspect yeah that's been really nice this year and like yeah yeah I just I don't think like people truly get it unless you when your story is always being told because like again I remember when the force awakens came out and ray gets the lightsaber and just like bursting into tears in the movie theater because i grew up being a star wars fan and like when you want to play at recess the boys told you like you couldn't be a jedi because you were a girl and i was like mm-hmm. there's gonna be an entire generation of girls who grow up getting to play jedi and i didn't because i was a girl and girls weren't jedis and whatever because which was dumb um and stuff but like it, that was just such a big because we didn't you didn't see it on the big screen. It was, you know, whatever. And I remember that, you know, post that went around that was like, oh, this is what men felt like when they walked out of the theater in 1977 or, you know, 1983, whenever they saw their first one in the, in the theaters, uh, the original yeah. trilogy. Um, and it's like, oh, this is how you felt. Like, you felt like you could take on the world. And, like, that's why I felt when I walked out of The Force Awakens. And, like, that is how I felt walking out of Barbie this year or walking out of the Eras tour. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, I can take on the effing world. Like, come at me right now. Like, I just saw Taylor Swift belt her lungs out for three hours, and I'm invincible. And, like, as a woman, you don't ever yeah. feel that way. <laughs> so to, like, have little yeah. slices of that feeling this year has just been, like, the most incredible thing. Yeah. And guys look at you like you're crazy because they always feel like that. So they don't know what it's like to not feel like that 90% of the time and just get these, like, little glimpses of feeling like that. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I remember too something that I mean, the Star Wars fandom can be like extremely toxic and overwhelming. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> like but boy, can they? <laughs> I remember being so irritated because when we got to see Leia using the like and listen, I'm not as into Star Wars, so you probably know a lot more lore than me, but as just like somebody who knows the bare minimum um seeing her use the force was like huge i was like Mm. this is fucking awesome like that was like the i was blown away by that and then to see everybody was like she's not supposed to be able to use the force but then yoda did say the force is strong in your family right who's in his family fucking leia confirmed that she was you know more sensitive from the, the original canon material people 
Yeah, I mean, it's in the original canon. I mean, if you're counting the original movies as original canon, which it, they are, that the family is Force-sensitive. So, yeah, I mean, sure, she wasn't a Jedi in the original movies, but they were like, the Force is strong with your family, and she says that she senses things uh, in Yold's Return of the Jedi, and that she remembers her mother, which she was a baby, so it's, like, not possible. But again, like, if you're one with the Force, like, you could, you know, whatever. Um... But yeah, it just always boils down to there is always going to be a subset of the Star Wars fandom that any time a girl is shown using any power in these movies, they're like, what a Mary Sue, or she wasn't taught that, or how could she be this? And it's like, do you look at the shit Luke was doing in the first movie? When when did we see him beat up? We weren't. It was off screen. We know what happened off screen, okay? <laughs> <laughs> right. But Understand a narrative. Yeah. Come on, yeah. have you seen a movie before? You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> Star Wars fandom. I love it. I'm part of it. Boy, do I really hate it sometimes, though. There's mm. some people that are real toxic. But again, in my humble opinion, you're not a real fan. If you're, <laughs> you're going to be that toxic to other people in the fandom or certain parts of the thing, you're not, no, you don't get the right to call yourself a fan. Um but yeah. thankfully for all the bad in the Star Wars fandom, there is a lot, a lot of good. Um, and that's kind of any, you know, any fandom. There's there's some bad eggs in every situation, unfortunately. Yeah. Which is what happens when people get really passionate about something. Um, passion brings out the best and worst of us all. <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> but uh, one last thing to wrap up the Taylor Swift thing. Well, two things. A, again, what a mastermind. Just what, what a great yes. piece. Um, what a well-deserved accolade this year again who also would be the person of the year but her um, but one last thing uh, they talk about which we talked about before but excuse me <laughs> like sound <laughs> out of wow. my like, face was um, that was strange but anywho um, I don't know like, was that, I was like was that a burp was that a what was that I don't even know it's <laughs> like a weird noise um, but anywho so they talk about you know, again, just like how much money and, and, you know, like the insane amount of money and how it legitimately stimulated the economy in every city that she went into. And they talk about, you know, in Glendale, Arizona, which is just where the Super Bowl was the year before it, you know, it held literally in the same stadium and it, the, 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 it energized local economy like way more than when the Super Bowl was there, which again, like cities are crazy about bidding for the Super Bowl because they want like any big spring event, the World Cup, the Super Bowl, whatever, they do it because they want to simulate the local economy, right? And when I went to see her in Atlanta, again, it was the same stadium that the Super Bowl was held out just a few years ago, and they talked about the stats with that, and they were like, Yeah, the money the city made, the public transportation that was used, way more than the Super Bowl. Um and it's like, I, and again, this is where stupid men would be like, well, yeah, because she did it for three nights and the Super Bowl was only one day. Blah, 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 blah. But the point being that clearly <laughs> when these women show up, <laughs> they're making mm-hmm. money. Um, they're making so much money, hand over, hand over fist and money. And, and you yeah. know, again, Taylor kind of says, like, what a great thing this is, that all these women did have such a successful year. Hopefully that means you know, better things for, you know, clearly it proves hopefully to the world that women will spend money. And again, the NFL, which has been a, a male dominated thing, which NFL has actually been actively working toward garnering more female viewership for years now, which is like awesome. Um, they're a little concussion factory that they are. Um, they, <laughs> you know, they're saying like it's the crazy, like, you know, and already, like, I think the article is like, she somehow made 
football more popular in America, which is really saying something because like that's already such a big thing in America. The most popular sport in America somehow became more popular, um, which again just takes me to our next discussion, which is there's just so much we could say, and we're already kind of approaching an hour, so we're gonna keep this part of it, my little ranty part of thing. Um, but Michael and I are amazed that we've never discussed Matt Reif before <laughs> on this podcast, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I. And pissed off at him for many reasons. Okay, first of all, I never understood the hype. And again, I'm I'm not one of those people. Like, if someone likes something, because again, I'm made fun of for liking the things I like all the time. Um, if yes. it's not personally hurting me or hurting them, right on. And I knew a lot of fans that were trying to get tickets to a show. And I was like, I never heard of this guy. I looked up some of his comedy. The only thing you can freaking find online is crowd work. And crowd work comedy is just not something that interests me. And I was like, I don't really get it. This is not my cup of tea. But, like, people are happy. And that's cool. Like, I'm for people being happy. If they like it, that's awesome. Um And then his Netflix special came out. And we're going to get to the, Mm -hmm. probably briefly, about why that was problematic. But this is what I really want to talk about that riles me up. I mean, there are so many things. First of all, one of the things that he has, I went on his Instagram the other day. um, And one of the things that he has that is pinned posts is crowd work that I think is legitimately so offensive. Also, someone OD'd at one of his shows and he, like, made this whole weird joke about it. And it was real disturbing. Um, Kudos to everyone in the audience, though. The person who started ODing up in, like, basically the balcony of the theater, and the, someone who was next to him just immediately yelled out for an Arcan, and someone in the audience had it, and they were able to save this person's life, and that's awesome. But then he made it real weird and, like, made this whole thing out of it, and I was like, people find this funny? And again, like, you do you if you like him. I'm not shaming anyone for liking what they like. Again, I can't stand it when people do that to me, so I don't want it to come off this way. Um, but personally, I was just like, this is not funny. Like, that's offensive. And uh, so many things are, I don't know. I've, any stuff that I have seen of his, I do not know. I personally don't find it funny. I find it very offensive. But anyways, I digress. This is the part that really riles me up. So he did this Netflix special, which his audience is predominantly women because he got famous because of the TikTok and blowing his crowd work and whatever and the fact that he is uh, a stereotypically attractive man again i personally do not find him that attractive no. and i like a pretty boy don't get me wrong um i have i have swooned over a pretty boy but every time i look at him i'm like i just it's something like weird like uncanny valley a little bit because it's just handsomely so pretty Squidward. like yes yes you're right you're right and you should say it like he just i'm like is this what we call handsome these days i don't know but anywho he doesn't do it for me um, but anyways, no. so he did a special and obviously one of the first jokes in it is hella offensive and punching down and it's just really dumb. And I cannot stand when comedians are like, it's comedy. You're supposed to offend. Da, 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 da. No, you should never punch down. You should always punch up in comedy. That's funny. Um, punching down, punching on people, making jokes about people that are every day being ridiculed. Not funny, but anyhow. So I digress. The point being I saw a couple things. This is what made me go down this rabbit hole. But this thing popped up the other day on, like, Instagram or whatever. And it was saying about, like, how they think he did it purposely because he keeps going on podcasts recently to talk about how he really wants to get more men, like, more, you know, male audience members, which is fine. Again, the NFL, like I said, they are predominantly have a male audience. They're trying to, you know, the population of the world is 50-50, right? So they want to get some more women viewers in the NFL. Matt Reif wants to get some more male viewership. That's fine. 
But it doesn't seem like he just is like, oh, I'd like to have like a little bit more of an even balance because, you know, the population is 50-50 and I'd like to be inclusive to all people, blah, blah, blah. No, it's like he legitimately is pissed off that he has a mostly female audience. And like, again, like he doesn't think he's being taken credible as a comedian because like girls like him. And I know we've kind of discussed this before, but I just don't understand that sentiment because time and time again, who proves that they spend more money? Women. So if at the end of the day, we live in a capitalistic hellhole of a society, why does Hollywood keep trying to make things for men? Why, like, why right. are people, like, anytime someone wants to be taken seriously, they're like, well, we have to get men to like this thing. Why? Why? Right. Why are women not right. taken seriously? Like, why, I, if I, like, I just can't imagine 90% of your audience being female and going on every freaking podcast imaginable, it makes it being like, I hate that. And I'd like there to be guys. And I want to be taken seriously as a comedian. And I hate the fact that I'm attractive, even though I legitimately spent money into making myself. You don't fucking hate that you're attractive. You don't. I'm sorry. You just don't. <laughs> um, like, no one is right. like, man, life is so much harder for me because I'm conveniently attractive. Um, so that's right. a little bullshit, first of all, sir. But, like, I just don't understand. Like, I don't understand this. You can only be taken seriously if men like you thing. Like, right? why? And also, like, the reason that your stupid comedy special sold out, again, is because women put you on the map. Like, I just don't. Anything that has ever been good is basically because women decided it. The Beatles entered our lives because teenage girls liked them. Like, why are men still like, you know what would make me be more legitimate, would make me take more seriously, is if men, like, do you not see, I was like, sir, look around you. Barbie, number one movie of the year. Taylor Swift and Beyonce, absolutely killing it, stimulating the economy every time they go into a new town on their tour. Billionaires, because of how many women like them. Um, do you not like money? Yep. Do you not like want to be successful? Like, you, okay, go take men. Sure, what do they do? Wear the same shirt that they've had since they were in high school. I'm looking at my husband, okay? My husband is 41 mm -hmm. years old. <laughs> he has shirts from high school, okay? Th that's the audience you want? They don't spend money. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Anyways, that's my rant. Yeah. They're... I didn't know who Matt Reif was, literally at all. Um, and then his comedy special came out and everyone was like, oh my God, Matt Reif, he's so hot. And I was like, are you sure he's hot? Cause are you sure? Um, <laughs> are but anyway, people thought person? that. <laughs> yeah. It, it's confusing. Um, but like one thing about it too, like not only is his comedy like wildly offensive, it's also extremely boring and yes. elementary. Yeah. Like a, like one of his, one of his jokes in his neck, Netflix uh, special that stands out in particular is the one um, where he makes fun of women who like astrology. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, I've seen this on in on Twitter from random tweeters <laughs> four hundred eighty seven thousand times. Like, this is not original. This is so boring. It's so tired, and you should be embarrassed that you're using that as material on stage. Yeah. That's all I have to yeah, say. Yeah, he's really not um, reinventing the wheel. He's really not doing anything new. No. Again, I haven't watched a lot of his stuff, in fairness. Um, but I, I'm, I've I'm, i not been impressed. I have not laughed at anything I have watched this man do, truly. Like, not even like... <laughs> and I will laugh at some really dumb, shitty stuff. Like, I laugh at Hallmark movies, y'all, okay? Like, those are not right. well-made. <laughs> I love no, them, not. but they're, but they're not so well-made. <laughs> 
Um, yes. But, like, the thing, like, this isn't even, like, oh, it's so bad, it's good. Like, I, every time I watch them, I'm just, like, huh, huh. And, again, like, I just went on a small Instagram deep dive. Like, I didn't, you know, I haven't watched every single thing he's ever done, whatever. Right. But I'm just, like, I really, how did he become <laughs> Like, why is he so popular? Okay. I'm like, am I missing something? Am I not hip with the kids? But yeah, you're right. It's very elementary. Like, there's really nothing special about his comedy. And I'm, I'm just confused. And I don't get it. And his response when people rightfully were like, hey, that joke in your Netflix special is not cool, was to make fun of people with special needs and be like, you need to put on your special needs helmet. And again, it's just that, like, he wants people to get angry and he wants guys to like it. Like he wants male comedians to come to his defense and be like, comedy, if you're not offended people, you're not being funny. Ha ha ha. He can say what he wants or whatever. Like that's what he wants. And I'm just like, why at the expanse of the audience that's already made you the money that like that's made you who you are. Like, and also for you're like, Bethany, why is all this about money? It's not, but it is like, I can't help it that we live in the world that we live in. Like it is all about, money again you don't go into comedy like just i mean yes comedians do it because they love it but at the end of the day if you're a successful comedian it's because you're making money you're booking gigs you're making movies um and women just what put them on the map and he's just like yeah i'm tired of that audience i would like to have men come laugh at my offensive autism jokes i don't get it <laughs> i just don't get it <laughs> Does he have do autism jokes? Oh my god. That's one of his pinned ones. Is it just it's very and some people in the comments were like, I have autism and I think that's funny. And like, right on if you do. Like I'm not again, I'm not here to tell every neurodivergent person what they can and cannot find funny. But like it just it, speaking about like it just seemed very elementary and just very like archaic kind of because he basically yeah. again, he's like doing his crowd work and he's just like um does anyone in the audience have someone who has a child with autism? Which, like, first of all, like, mind your own fucking business. Like, what a weird topic for crowd work. Yeah. And someone's like, yeah, I do. And so, like, people liked it because he's like, wow, congratulations. And he wasn't saying it in a contest anyway. He was saying it like, wow, how lucky you are. Okay, yeah, that's nice. That's fine. Um, and then he's like, what are their things? Because, you know, again, like, the thing is always like, oh, if you're autistic, like, you have to have some special ability and whatever. And she's like, oh, he's, like, really into... And it's just, like, the whole thing is so weird. And I'm like, first of all, this isn't funny. Like, you're just polling people on whose children have, you know, or neurodivergencies or special needs or, or what have you. And it was just very, like, old school, like, what we used to... Like, how, how people used to talk about autism. Like, how we, we don't talk about it like yeah. that anymore. Because we've learned and we realize like, that's not a thing we can pigeonhole and be like... Well, they might be like this, but all of them have a special talent. It's like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not, whatever. Um, and he's just like, it, the whole thing is weird. And he says a couple other things. It, the whole thing just read as very offensive to me personally. And yeah. some people are like, well, but he congratulated her. And I'm like, so you can say one kind of nice thing. And, like, and it's not, it wasn't nice. Like, it was very like... I'm going to get away with the rest of this joke because I'm going to spin it like I'm down with autism. And it's like, you're fucking not because like you're perpetuating stereotypes about it. And you're like, I don't know. Mm, run me the wrong also, way. Also, like, not like. Don't make fun of autistic people unless you, you yourself yeah. are autistic and you're making fun of yourself. Right. Like there's like absolutely not like grow up. Yes. I can't believe yeah, this is... man is famous. 
<laughs> Truly. Like, there is, there are so many neurodivergent comedians. Like, there are comedians that have done really great bits about depression, about, yeah. you know, autism, about ADHD, about anxiety, whatever. And it's, it should always feel like you're in on the joke. Like, you're laughing with them. Like, hey, my, you know, fellow neurodivergents, you know, we, like, do this weird thing. And we're all like, yes, oh, my God, I'm not alone in this. Like, that's funny. But being like, hi, I'm not like that. And I'd like to talk to you about how you're weird. That's not funny. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That's not laughing with someone. That's laughing at someone. And that is, like, what I don't think, like, when people are like, oh, comedy is supposed to be offensive. No, it's not. You should always, when you're a comedian, it should, we're all laughing in on this together, not I'm laughing at you. And I feel like a lot of the comedy he does is I'm laughing at you. I think I'm better than you. Here's why. And this is why this is funny. I can't even, the, the freaking the od one is so weird like it's truly so weird the bit he does on that and then he like goes into like there's an interpreter at his show and then he like basically starts making fun of it. and one video clip i'm kidding you not this is a minute long tops he basically is making fun of addicts and the hard of hearing community slash deaf community and i was like why do people like this man like in a span of 45 oh seconds he has offended two different sets of people in my humble opinion um and multiple people because again there's so many people that you know love people that are struggling with addiction or love people that are hard of hearing you know like you oh, sorry it's, it's really <laughs> it like that the od thing is like making my blood like boil like i am like fuck this guy wow and, and I haven't even seen it. But just to one, know that it exists. The comments that one were like, wow, he can make anything in a comedy. And I was like, no, because it wasn't funny. And also, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Like, I don't know. Like, oh, uh, again, he's like, give it up to the paramedics who came in and helped that man out. Like, he gives, like, one little line. And he's like, is he okay? And people are like, yeah. Or, you know, like, not okay. But, like, he's, you know, whatever. He's been taken away. The Narcan revived him. Whatever. The person seems fine. Um, and they're like, yeah, you know, like he was breathing when he left, whatever. And he's like, well, that's good. Get off the paramedics. Okay, let me make fun of this person and make fun of like the people overdosing or whatever. And I was like, uh, what? <laughs> how? How is that okay? And people in the audience are laughing and people in the comments are like, yeah, this guy's so funny. And I'm like, mm. is it just me? Am I the only person who doesn't get this show? Because I don't think it's funny. But yeah, what a douche yeah. canoe. Gross. It's yeah. Absolutely. I just, yeah, again. Not a fan. We uh, Here at Hate Spinnerbait, we hate Matt Rife. We hate Matt Rife. I'm sorry to anyone who may like him, but no, I just, I don't get it. I'm not a fan. Again, I'm not going to be mean to anyone if they do like him. But I personally would just like to on record and say, don't get it. Can't stand the guy. Don't think he's cute. And... I don't understand why he wants to alienate the audience that made him who he is. Like, seriously, it would be like Taylor Swift going out on stage and being like, hey, ladies, fuck you. Did your boyfriends here? Because I'd like some more males in the audience. And it's like, why are you trying to, like, be happy that people are supporting you? I don't know. It's yeah. a weird, weird thing to me. Very strange concept. Yeah. So, yeah. Here at Hate Spinner Beat, we hate Matt Rife, we love Taylor Swift, and we hate Spinner Beat, obviously. Uh, (laughs) We just love women supporting women, and what a great year it has been for women. And also, I was going to talk to you about this off-air, Mike Land, but while we're just talking about it, 
Um, I'm pretty sure our less chaos Thursday this year should just be like end of the year wrap up. What were some of our favorite things? Movies, podcasts, books, whatever. Ooh, yeah. So we'll yeah. hit y'all with that in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we'll just mm-hmm. kind of talk about some of the things this year that we loved. Um, we hate Spinner Bait, but we loved 2023. We loved getting to be Sarah Dustin. Obviously, that's big up on my list of things that I loved. Yes. Yes. <laughs> big yes. Up yes, on yes. That. <laughs> and yeah. um, also, we're going to start announcing, I guess, this on the podcast. Um, I'm going to post about this on Instagram and everything as well. Um, we are taking a nice little well-deserved hiatus. We we do like two episodes. We started this two episodes a, a week thing, which we thoroughly enjoy. We love Chaos Thursdays and we love Dustin Tuesdays. Um, but we've been going pretty hard and we deserve a nice little break. So we will be taking our longest hiatus ever on Hate Spinner Bait. That's right, an entire month off of the pod. Um, we know some people are behind. We've been giving you a lot of content. Um, so this hopefully will be a great time for everyone to refresh, spend some time with family. If you so choose, if you don't, cause that doesn't work for you. Also great. Do you sleep on your couch, live your life. Don't move a muscle. It's the holidays, babies, rest and relax. Um, and catch up on our podcast. If you've fallen a little bit behind, not Jackie, she would never. Um, <laughs> no, 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 she's not today, <laughs> but, um, for the rest of you, um, if you're behind a little bit, that's cool. We get it. Life is hectic and it gets in the way all the time. So we're giving you a whole month to catch up, um, on any episodes that you so choose to catch up on and we're giving ourselves a little break. We've got some holiday plans ourselves and we also want to rest and relax. So that was a really long winded way of saying we're going a little hiatus, but we'll be back fresh and better than ever in the new year. Okay. That's all I really need. Yes. <laughs> all right everyone well thanks for joining us for the chaos um we love you and take care of yourselves yep take care of yourselves happy vagina christmas happy vagina christmas